0: Good morning, friends and faithful listeners. This is Jen here with the P40 Ministries podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in this morning and for hanging out as we discuss the Bible today. But also, we have a guest on the podcast that will be joining us, and this is Ray Byrne. And he has a pretty interesting title. He is the pastor of a new church it's so new that it doesn't even have a website yet but they are in the process of growing this church and it's called the grove in shaker heights ohio so ray i'd love for you to introduce yourself and to talk a little bit more about orchard neo which is um where ray is also affiliated with and then also this new church that you will be building here in shaker heights
1: Yeah, thanks, Jen. Again, my name is Ray Byrne, and I'm the church planting pastor of The Grove in the Shaker Heights area. Uh, We are uh, sponsored by Orchard NEO, which is a a church planting organization that is through Christ Community Chapel in Hudson, Ohio. And uh, they have a vision to reach every community with, with a church in Northeast Ohio. And I get to be a part of that. And uh, my my wife, Nicole, and I have uh, just spent the past year building a team, um, meeting lots of people, making friends, and just seeing where God gives us opportunity and favor.
0: Mm-hmm. And you also have quite a few kids, don't you?
1: I do have five kids, which in Shaker Heights really stands out. Uh, it <laughs> seems like a lot of people know who we are now, even if we don't know them. <laughs> we've uh, We've hosted a lot of things on our lawn just parties barbecues uh, mm-hmm. bouncy houses, stuff like that uh, we've had uh, a couple of food trucks out one time so uh, we've just been working on building relationships and and being known in the community and having five kids in a city where most people have one or two kids really helps you stand out. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
0: I believe it. He actually came and spoke at uh, my church a couple times and both times he came to speak, he convicted me pretty badly. So
1: <laughs> hopefully it was a good bad. Yes,
0: yes, it was.
1: <laughs>
0: but I am excited to see what he has to say today on the podcast. But the last time he came and spoke, he talked about leaders and how Everyone picks up trash, even leaders. And then the time before, he was talking about kind of what he was just saying with um, opening up your front lawn and having people come Mm and, uh, you know, fellowship with other people. So I I appreciated both things that he said, especially when um, it was funny because the first time he came and spoke and he talked about opening up his uh, front lawn, I had just bought a house, well, my husband and I, and I was thinking, what am I going to do? With this new property so he he convicted me there as well
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome Yeah, yeah so those are actually two of my church plants values to the things that we're aiming at uh the first one is front lawns not back backyards or front yards not backyards rather and just as a word picture you know a lot of us we tend to spend time in our backyard people will put a lot of their money in uh, in terms of developing outdoor areas into a private space, rather than favoring spending time out in the front yard. And it's just about making yourself available and known to your neighbors. And that is something that uh, just last night I was reading this book, The Art of Neighboring, and uh, it has this graph where it actually challenges you with your eight closest neighbors and different levels of information, you know, about them, you know, their name, maybe what they do, their kids, um, hobbies, interests, and then maybe deeper questions if they have spiritual interest any a religious affiliation. And uh, the book actually said that less than 1% of people when they do this at, as a seminar at different churches are able to fill out all three lines for eight neighbors or more. and. <clears throat> I you know just from from having that focus of spending time in our front yard and making ourselves just as available as possible to the Community, I was able to fill out 16 of our closest neighbors all three lines of information. Um, and, and part of that is just again taking the time over the course of time and taking an interest in people and so so that's kind of the flushing out of, of one of our values is uh, front yards not backyards. And then the other one that you're talking about they preached on, uh, everyone picks up trash. I stole that from Disney. Uh, Walt Disney, when he opened Disneyland at the time, uh, you know, carnivals, um, you know that those kinds of attractions that people would have had is is what they would have kind of anticipated what Disneyland would be like. They were dirty, trashy places, not really family friendly, really dirty. Uh, And in Walt set out to keep the park so clean that people would be ashamed to litter in Disneyland. And so the way he did that is he created this policy that everyone and you can actually look up on Google and see pictures of Walt Disney himself back in the day picking up trash. It's everyone's job to pick, pick up trash. And the word picture there is that, you know, we can't just relegate responsibility to it being church staff, the pastor, uh, ministry leaders, the elders at your church, that they're the ones that do ministry, that they're the ones that get involved in people's lives. It's everybody's responsibility to get involved. It's everybody's responsibility to take part in the ministry in different aspects. And if you want to keep a place like Disneyland clean, you know, it's going to take everybody caring about it, and making it happen. And that's, that's the first thing that people see is how clean the park is. And the same thing with the church, you know, the first thing people are going to see is really how much do you care? How much are you is everyone really leaning in to to make it work? So
0: and those are two values that Jesus had, you know, because, I mean, he was always opening up to have people. He didn't know strangers come and talk with him. And then also he definitely did pick up trash. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> maybe not in yeah, the same sure. sense, but absolutely. Is that that is... word picture.
0: Yes, yes. Today we are going to be discussing a little bit about uh, some of the stuff Jesus is going through here in Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 13. And as I always do, I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning. Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes gathered together to him, having come from Jerusalem. Now when they saw some of his disciples eating bread with defiled, that is, unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews don't eat unless they wash their hands and forearms, holding to the tradition of the elders. They don't eat when they come from the marketplace unless they bathe themselves, and there are many other things which they have received to hold to, washing of cups, pitchers, bronze vessels, and couches. The Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why don't your disciples walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat their bread with unwashed hands? And he answered them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But they worship me in vain, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Isaiah 29:13. For you set aside the commandments of God and hold tightly to the tradition of men, the washing of pitchers and cups, and you do many other such things. And he said to them, Full well do you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother from Exodus 20, verse 12. And he who speaks evil of father and mother, let him be put to death. Exodus 21, verse 17. But you say, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is Corban, that is to say, given to God, then you no longer allow him to do anything for his father or for his mother, making void the word of God by your tradition, which you have handed down. And you do many things like this. It's kind of funny that uh, we just talked about Exodus chapter 20 and 21. Yeah,
1: I just, I listened to a number of the podcasts yesterday and yeah, saw that you're going through that.
0: Mm -hmm. So it is interesting that uh, this is lining up right now with something that we just talked about, which is honoring the Mm -hmm. father and the mother. But Ray, I'd love, I'd love to hear uh, what stood out to you the most regarding this portion of scripture.
1: You know, a a couple things really come to mind in in prominence. Um, Number one, I want all of your listeners to wash their hands before they eat. I think that that's a great (laughs) idea. (laughs) Um, uh, But in all seriousness, other than the, you know, our our perception of hygiene and washing our hands before a meal, that is not the complete picture, of course, of, of what they are addressing here. Mm-hmm. This has to do with ceremonial cleansing. Uh, this has to do with uh, really an application, taking the spirit of the law in interpreting it through getting passed down through traditions to where it becomes this unruly, really difficult mm-hmm. thing to keep up with. And, you know, since I've since I've moved into uh, a ur- more urban community, um, I've become a little bit more sensitive to you know when you when you live in a more of a population dense area because I used to be a country pastor um, I lived in a parsonage and we had miles and miles of farm fields you know to the horizon in every direction and there you know there's there's no people uh, and now we're we're in a very diverse community um, there's uh, a lot of economic diversity as well and I've just become aware of different challenges that people in different backgrounds uh have to have to deal with and so one of the things that i thought of when i was reading over this passage um to get ready for the podcast was you know i took my family camping this past june and like you pointed out earlier we have five kids and when you go camping there's no running water and in jesus time of course i mean this is very recent history that even we in america have running water in our homes Mm -hmm. they wouldn't have had water on tap you know it would have been very labor-intensive they would have had a lot of different jars and pitchers as, as it's pointed out that they would have had to manage and keep clean and and all this so there's there's almost this sense of classism that i became aware of because in order to be able to do the full extent of of the traditions uh, of the of the ceremonial washing that they've they've kind of brought through to what it was at that point. Man, you would have you would have had to, first of all, afford to have somebody carry that much water if you couldn't do it yourself. You would have had to have all the jars and pitchers. You would have had to have the space in your home. Um, and and obviously they don't get into all that there, but you realize that people that are able to go, you know, over and above the letter of the law is a way to show how spiritual they are. They're in a position to do that that probably most people can't. And, and so that was just something I thought of is um, going back to when I, I took my family camping and there's not running water. We were supposed to go camping with these friends for two nights. We stayed one night and the next morning we said, we love you guys, but we're going home tonight. <laughs> it, it was a mosquito lake. <laughs> like we, we cannot do this anymore. We cannot, uh, we cannot wipe butts and not be able to wash our hands. We cannot uh, clean up face, dirty little baby faces and, you know, sticky hands and just not, it was just, it was super stressful The oh, yeah. kids were having a great time. But mom and dad, uh, <laughs> you know, as, as you become a parent with, with little kids, you realize that vacation in many ways is about facilitating for your kids <laughs> more than it is you having a vacation. And, right. and uh, the aspect simply of not having clean running water was, was really just a challenge with, with so many small kids to take care of. So, again, just relating it back to that time that would have been something that would have been incredibly challenging. Oh,
0: yeah. And it does say here that it's a tradition. It wasn't something that was required by the law. It was a tradition of the elders. And one thing that my mom and I were actually discussing yesterday, it was kind of interesting that um, even what my mom and I were talking about yesterday kind of imply or applies to this. But we were talking about how people often like to take the Old Testament law and make it something bigger than what it is, so for example, the, there's a there's a rule in the law that talks about um, God says not to mix. I believe it was linen and wool together, mm-hmm. and nowadays people take that to mean, oh well, we can't wear you know any mixed materials because God, you know, in the Old Testament law, or they make fun of the law because God says, right?
1: They'll use it to to mock the Bible. Yes, right. use it
0: to mock the Bible. But here's the thing: God doesn't say you can't mix any materials. He just says don't mix linen and wool
1: yeah yeah so
0: i do think it's interesting how people often take the law this is common even to this day where people use i don't know like use the law and make it so much bigger than what it is and just make it ridiculous and just use it to mock god's word or who knows what else so i think it is interesting that um You know, I always say people never change. (laughs) So back here in Jesus's time, these Pharisees were doing the exact same thing and they were expecting Jesus and his disciples to do the exact same thing, which was to hold to this ridiculous tradition when, in fact, you're you're absolutely right, Ray. You know, Jesus and his disciples traveled around often, you know, so they wouldn't have had access to those pitchers of water and and whatever else.
1: Yeah, they were out camping a lot of the times when when they were when they were on the road and they're relying on hospitality of others and when you look at really we get down to what a lot of these little cities or small villages were it's a it's a group of a dozen people living in these small one or two room homes who are probably they're they're just they're they have a hand-to-mouth existence and it life is pretty simple for the most part so that's why I was drawing out just the thought of and, and just gaining the awareness of that there's people who are able to follow the tradition of the elders more to a T than probably what most people could anyway. Uh, I, again, I know that that's not exactly what's what's spelled out in the text there, but there is just that feeling, even just circumstantially of who can and can't do that. And it's interesting that uh, Jesus, when he goes to to Isaiah, it says uh, isaiah prophesied correctly about you hypocrites now the the origin of the word hypocrites going back to to the greek is is one from theater and it's one who wears a mask for a theater and and really that's that's what this is this is theatrics this has nothing to do with right standing before god or pleasing god or, um, you know, really following the intention of his word. It's it's about putting on theatrics. It's about wearing a mask so that you can show to everyone else how how spiritual you are or uh, really how much more of an authority that you are and that you have than authority over them, because that's the way they're using it. Right. Is there they're they're comparing themselves uh to be able to to really show where they're at and when someone's spirituality has to necessarily use comparison to burn someone else down to show their high position that's a that's a good warning sign to that it's kind of a litmus test to show that there there might be something wrong in in the way this person is approaching this text or or even this tradition and as a tradition you know the the traditions they refer to is kind of a fence around the law. I don't know if you've ever heard that term, but the, the fence around the law was, was, you know, we've interpreted the Bible for you and we formed these traditions through that interpretation. And so we're kind of, we're protecting, that's the fence imagery. We're protecting how how we understand scripture by interpreting it, providing traditions, and you just follow those traditions. And that, that kind of takes away from being able to just go directly to wrestling with the text. And, and understanding really what God is asking you to do. Uh, because we know when we think of spiritual growth, for example, uh, we a lot of times lean on what you know and what you do. And so I have a kind of a Catholic background um, in that my, my grandparents on both sides were Catholic. Um, when I was born, my, my parents were still in the Catholic church, but then I, when I was very small, we started going to a Bible church. My, my parents, you know, professed Christ, trusted Christ, uh, started attending a Bible church. And so that's primarily what I grew up with, but I still had you know, some of the Catholic background. And it was very interesting that I'd find in, in Bible church or Baptist churches that I've been a part of that people would very easily go to attack Catholic traditions, which I was very familiar with. And so I think I understood a lot of times better than even the people that were critiquing, critiquing those traditions. But the irony is that they themselves in, in the you know, in evangelical Protestant churches, they had their own traditions that they had, they had set up and that they relied on. Why? Because it was spiritual maturity for them was about what, you know, and what you do and in some of the most ineffective christians that i've met as a church planning missionary are people that want to know and know and know and, and, and you know learning god's word is great i'm not knocking that i mean that's the purpose of your podcast right but the thing is is we can we can get so fat with knowledge that we we actually rely on just academically coming to know more and more and more and we can on the other side You know like it's almost like the conservative side is we'll just know the word of god really well then the theological liberal side is we just need to do more and we need to find ways we can take care of refugees and and we need to be more proactive in the community but really what christ calls us to do and what the whole overarching you know story of the bible shows us is is really just trusting christ it's not knowing it's not doing it's being in christ it's having your hope in your security, your identity, ultimately, in Christ, and that that is, that's what shapes you. And it's what shapes your hope. Because, you know, the, the core of what separates us from God is, you know, we, we look at it, we look at sin. Um, and I think today, the, the word sin is such a stumbling point. It's easier to talk to people about, well, what do you have your hope in? and i'm in a community where people have a lot of people have placed their hope in their careers and in different aspirations but you know you get to the top you you finally you finally fulfill all of those goals and you find that it 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 doesn't deliver the lasting joy that you were looking for because your career or your family i mean people do this with their kids they actually crush their children with expectations that they're going to satisfy them the parent uh is that none of those things. Can really give you lasting joy the only thing the only one that can give you lasting hope and joy is jesus and how right. do you do that is it simply by knowing more doing more no it's by by just existing knowing having your being that he is enough that he has called you to be his own and so the whole thing about the washing of the hands mm-hmm. and and all that as far as the traditions it's a call to know more and do more that that's they say that that's spiritual maturity. But what does Jesus say? He says, you know, this is all theatrics. This is a, a mask you're wearing. And so many Christians, Jen, can do the same thing. They can wear a mask and, and live their entire spiritual lives that way. Yet totally miss the mark of, of just keeping the, the simple message of having hope in Christ.
0: And that's exactly here what, what Jesus says to them. He says, in, both in verse 8 and 9, he repeats himself. He says, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. And uh, mm. he, he continually mentions to the Pharisees as well, Hosea 6, verse 6, which is what says, you know, I, I, God desires mercy and not sacrifice. And so the Pharisees had it all wrong. They were looking at, um, you know, their own knowledge. Exactly what you were saying, Ray about, uh, you know, they just wanted to gain that knowledge. Maybe, maybe they they were very proud of that knowledge that they had, but they weren't, you know, having that relationship with with God, and they didn't recognize Jesus as the Messiah, which was their biggest fault. So then Jesus goes on to say here in verse uh 10 and 11, I'm sorry, 10, actually all the way to 13. He says, for instance, Moses gave you this law from God, honor your father and your mother. And anyone who speaks disrespectfully of a father or a mother must be put to death. And we just talked about those two things. And then it says here, but you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. And I'm sorry, I switched over to the NLT version recently. But then uh, it says here that in this way, you let them disregard their needy parents. And so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many others. So I would love for you to, um, Ray, I'd love for you to go a little bit more into these verses here in uh, verse 11 and 12 and kind of... um, Talk about what's the importance of those verses, because, I mean, we did discuss them in Exodus, but I would love to hear your take on, on these verses and some of the um, traditions that the Pharisees were holding on to during all this.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting, something that really, that cuts close to home, because Jesus takes it from uh, how you ceremonially wash your hands, is this tradition that you're picking on, to like an issue that really cuts, of talking about mm-hmm. how you care for your family, how you care for your parents. And looking at that in the idea of, of caring for your parents, you know, we live in the 21st century in one of the wealthiest countries in the history of the world. And, and even we talk about problems with the pension system and how people are able to take care of themselves in old age. Uh, 2,000 years ago, 100% old people were relying on their family members they were relying on their adult children to take care of them if they were no longer able to work or if their health was compromised um there there was no one else that was going to be able to take care of them the way their own children would and to have to really set up a system that misses the mark so obviously that you're going to neglect your parents to the point of, of their absolute ruin, under the guise of, of, um, uh, uh, this, this offering, they call it, you know, what uh, he says in verse 11, whatever benefit you might have received from me is Corbin and, um, says here offers the don't in the CSB. That is an offering devoted to God. Um, Mm -hmm. what they would do is they'd say, well, um, I'm setting aside this money. Maybe I'm not going to give it right now. But this money that I would spend on taking care of mom, I'm actually just going to set this aside um, so that I can give it for a future offering or, or, or something like that. And they would use it as a workaround, not to take care of their parents. Mm. And then it's like, oh, you know what? Mom died. Well, still got that money set aside that I never had to spend on her. And <laughs> you can, you can flex with that in all different directions. They were, they're using this this tradition as a as a loophole to be able mm-hmm. to withhold from taking care of weakened family members who were absolutely their responsibility mm-hmm. to care for in their time and culture. And
0: it sounds like, it sounds like the Pharisees are almost like saying, this is great, you know, to do that. It's from what Jesus is implying here is like, the Pharisees were totally okay with it.
1: Right. If you can super spiritualize mm-hmm. it. Yeah. If you can super spiritualize that, well, I'm I'm not giving the money to my parents. I'm not feeding them as I should. I'm not seeing after their care because I actually I'm just giving more at the temple or or whatever. Uh, and it's it's interesting because as an issue of money that comes up, you know, again one of the things that the modern church has been over the years scandalized for, as well as I guess over the centuries is you know when when people in church leadership uh, abuse finances and and what is what does jesus say here you know don't make don't make supporting supporting the temple supporting your local synagogue i guess in our context don't make supporting your church um become an excuse for neglecting your responsibilities to care for the people that are your responsibility that are made in the image of God. Yes,
0: exactly. And what we're learning about in the law right now is how much God the Father values humans, mm-hmm. like just values people and values humans. And, and we're talking about that just, you know, all through Exodus, just every single law is talking about taking care of other people or loving God, of course, loving God, taking care of other people or taking care of yourself and, you know, not making yourself sick or whatever. So, yes, I think that is very interesting. And, and you know, we we often think of Jesus as like this rebel, you know, that, <laughs> that right. like, do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like we think of yeah, him absolutely. as like this, this rebel that, you know, changed the whole law or whatever, but he doesn't because he he mentions it time and time again. And something in Exodus that, you know, we would think is kind of, you know, oh, scary, horrifying is the one that he mentions here, which is, you know, um, in verse uh, 10, which is anyone who speaks disrespectfully of their father and mother must be put to death, must be, must be put to death. So I think that that's interesting that Jesus mentions that law and is telling these Pharisees to like hold, hold up to it or whatever. So, I mean, Jesus was certainly not a rebel, in any sense of the word, I don't think. And uh, he followed the law and he expected and wanted other people to follow the law as well. Not necessarily all these ridiculous traditions.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. He's, in fact, he's the fulfillment of the Law and the Prophets. The Law and the Prophets were anticipating him. That's, that's what it was all pointing to. And uh, looking back to an episode, the author of uh, the book, Tactics, is his first name Greg?
0: Yes, Greg Kokel.
1: Greg Kokel, I, yeah.
0: Yeah, he came on the podcast once.
1: Yeah, so he, I listened to that episode. His book, Tactics, is actually uh, was part of the required reading for my church planning residency program. So I thought that was so wild that you, you <laughs> interviewed him. But I think in the episode when, when you were talking with him, uh, you covered some of the concepts, for example, of slavery uh in in, as it's addressed in the old testament was that the episode when you spoke with him
0: yes correct
1: and as i thought through that you know and and we look at our country's more recent history just in the past 200 years is kind of america's national shame you know what we don't always stop to realize is that really until the industrial revolution uh slavery was was a reality everywhere in the world and the, you know there there was no sense of of human rights really anywhere in the world and it it was all had to do with the power dynamic either you were in power or you were subject to that power and you could be taken advantage of by that power and what's so amazing is when you think of of scripture that is thousands of years old giving people that End up in servitude because really of economic circumstances that they don't really have any other options that they're going to serve for a time. There's limits on it. They're they're given human rights. There's limits put to what the master, as basically as an employer, is able to do. And and again, kind of like as you hinted at before, it it lifts up. Uh, you know really god's view of his creation that you know these are my people made in my image and this is how you should treat each other so you know maybe you're you end up in this economic situation and in the past that was the only way they knew how to deal with it in the entire world but but god said this is how you're going to treat each other and this is this is how far you can go with this and no further and uh that's that's really amazing when you cast it in that light
0: yeah. I love that. And, um, but we unfortunately are running out of time. I think we could talk about this all day because I love talking about the law.
1: <laughs> yeah. it's
0: Yes. I love talking about the old Testament. And since Jesus basically talks about the old Testament here the entire time, I definitely could go on for probably like another hour with Ray here. <laughs> But Ray, thank you so much for joining us today. I think you brought some excellent insights and uh, I really appreciated what you had to say about some of these traditions. And uh, so thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Yes. Okay. so friends and faithful listeners, I'd love for you to check out Orchard NEO, especially if you live in the Shaker Heights area. Or if you live in the Cleveland area and you are looking for um, a church to either go to or support, you know, support um, Ray with his building a brand new church in this area and uh, I think that it would be a great thing for anybody who lives in that region to support and to someday when the church is fully built and it has its website to go and check it out so I will drop a link to Orchard Neo in the bio of this podcast episode and uh, Ray is there anywhere that people can get into contact with you? Do you have like a Facebook page or anything like that?
1: Yeah uh, they could reach out through OrchardNEO.com through the contact form they can get uh, in touch with me through that.
0: Okay, awesome. So once again, I will drop a link to that in the bio of this podcast episode. But friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Happy listening and God bless.